Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's find 1 John chapter 2. Glory to God, where you're finding it. I was telling Phyllis about this conversation between this man and his, and his wife. The wife said to her husband, she said, Honey, I, I think I'm going to give some of my clothing to charity. And uh, he said, why do you go to all that trouble? Just throw it in the garbage. And she said, well, honey, that's, that's selfish. There's, uh, there's poor people and there's, there's starving people out there that could use it. He said, honey, anybody that could fit in your clothing is not starving. I thought that was good. Amen. Wasn't that good? Amen. Well, you know what? Anybody could fit my clothing is not starving either. Amen. All right. First John 2, you find it? We're going to talk about the humble get help. So I don't know what all we're going to say today. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know how long we're going to go. I don't know what all we're say. It's just one of those services, one of those messages. I told Phyllis, I said, I can't seem to find out what to preach on. But here we are. We're going to talk about this. And uh, I hope you got your thick skin. You wore your thick skin today. I don't know. We might all need it before it's over with. But, you know, you know you need this message if you're sitting there thinking, I don't need this message. I mean, that's one way to tell you need this message. But, you know, uh, I want you to think about that title, that the humble are the ones that get the help. Because I don't know about you, I need help. Lots of help. Amen. Now, let's go in, let's go to 1 John chapter 2. Two, and I'm going to begin reading at verse uh, 15. John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father or for the Father is not in him. Uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the lust, then the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God shall abide forever. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the Apostle John told us, he said that the, you know, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and, and the pride of life. So those are, those are the three areas of sin. And as I was uh, reading this scripture... <laughs> I saw all this, that one-third of all sin is a, is, a, is a pride issue. It's a pride issue. And um, so it's a big thing, isn't it? It's something that, you know, you, you don't even sometimes realize you have it until it's revealed to you. I uh, heard somebody made, made mention about online there was uh, a document that, and it's called the 50 Fruits of Pride. The 50 Fruits of Pride. Don't know where it originated at, but I looked it up, and as I read through it, there I needed a lot of Band-Aids, a lot of ouchies, because I thought, yeah, I need some help there. But the good thing is, is that if you know you need help, it means you've made the first step. 
most people are so prideful, they don't even, not, not, let me back up. Lot, some people are so prideful, they don't even know they need help. They don't even know it. But, uh, and there's a lot of things, of, you know, that you could talk, when you talk about pride, there's a lot of errors you could talk about, you know. Uh, you can't take correction. You think you're always right. Um, how many know nobody's always right? How many know everybody needs correction? I mean, when you leave here, you're going to correct your car many times. You can't just go in one line because you'll crash. And your life's the same way. And, and you know, a lot of times people think if you're correcting them that, uh, you know, that, they, uh, that, that you're rejecting them. But Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke. That's just a sign he loves you. He wants you to, how, how many know you correct your kids because you, it's fun, right? Some parents don't do it because it's not fun. You do it because you love them. You want, you want them to turn out right, right? And so, you know, over the years, I've had to correct people as a pastor. I've had to correct people, you know. And uh, it's amazing the different uh, responses that you will get. But, uh, you know, anybody that thinks that they don't need correction has a pride problem. Right? Uh, we all need correction, Amen. And uh, that doesn't mean we go around correcting everybody, right? <laughs> you know, we've got our places of authority where we can speak. And, and when we don't have that, then it's none of our business. Amen. And I, I, I've corrected people in the church, you know, things like that over the years. And I remember correcting a guy one time. He was doing some things that, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it was just disruptive and things, you know. And, and I, I told Phil, I said, well, we're going to find out whether he's mature or not. Because I corrected him, and I get all you get all kinds of responses. You get people get angry with you. You get people that quit tithing. I've never understood that one. Like I don't get the tithe. I, you know, the tithe doesn't go to me. The tithe's the Lord's. You know, so I never understood that. But I've gotten that response to quit tithing, quit coming, or boycott you for a few weeks or something like that. And so <clears throat> all kinds of which shows they which shows they need help, doesn't it? And so this guy, I correct him over something, and, and it, you know, like I said, it wasn't a big issue, but it, it was disruptive. And so uh, I corrected him, and, then, and I told Phil, I said, we're going to find out just, just how mature this guy is. You know what? The next service, he was back and acted like nothing happened. He was still worshiping the Lord. He still loved me. I thought, well, that guy is mature, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, you know, the, that's just one area. There's a lot of areas, you know. How I many? Sometimes we can talk about ourselves too much. I've learned that if you let somebody talk about themselves long enough, they'll do anything for you. I've just learned that in business, like doing business. Just get them talking about themselves or family, and next thing you know, they'll be able to get it done. I wanted something done one time, and I was talking to this guy on the phone, and he said, it'd be two months or three months before we, we can do it. I needed it in two weeks. I needed it in two weeks. And so, you know, I just started talking to him, just how's your, you know, asking, talking about himself. And, and, his, and then he got off talking about, I don't remember what I talked about. He might talk about his family, different things. Before he hung up, the thing he said it would be two or three months before he could get the company to do it. He said, I'll have him out there next week. And sure enough, he did. A guy told me one time, he said, I'm going to miss church next week. And I said, I'm going to preach about you. He said, you'll never find a better subject. 
Now, he was joking, but I thought that was pretty good because I think there's some people that think that. I'm the best subject I know about it. <laughs> and I know that because I, I hang around preachers and I'll go out to dinner with them. And thank God they're not all this way. I don't mean to leave that impression, but some of them will talk for hours about what they're doing. And then about 30 seconds, what are you doing? I'll give you about 30 seconds, you know. And I'm like, well, compared to what you're doing, nothing. <laughs> After all you've told me, I don't think I'm doing anything. Just showing up. But have you know, th- th- those are signs of pride when it's always got to be about us, right? I mean, it wasn't all about Jesus, was it? I mean, he, 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 put, he, he gave himself for us, right? You know, one person, a Bible teacher said this. I wrote these, these things down years ago. They said, you know you have a pride problem if, anybody want to hear these or should I just forget it? If you have an opinion about everything. Hallelujah. If you're judgmental. How I many know we should have grace on people? You know, sometimes we set ourselves up as the standard. How I many know we're not the standard? The Word of God's the standard. So if you're too judgmental, if you can't be corrected, and we talked about that, if you rebel against authority, if you take the glory and credit unto yourself, I give God the praise for all I do. Amen? Because how many know if you do it, if he, know if he lifted his grace off of you, it wouldn't be good, would it? So, you know... You can't, you give God, you give God glory for whatever you're able to do because have, and people say, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know that God, God is responsible for some of the things I do. Well, probably not, <laughs> but the good things, you need to give him glory for it, right? Because I mean, you're breathing his air. The atheist that, you know, lamblasts God, he's breathing God's air. All God have to do is just remove his air and this guy's gone. Amen. So, and, and, and the last thing this person said that I wrote down, it says, if you say I too much. Now, pride is a big issue. We're not, you know, we're not so much about talking about pride this morning, but they go together, pride and humility. Uh, but, you know, that's what got the devil. How I many know that? The Bible says in Ezekiel, when he gives his account, he said his, his heart was lifted up because of his beauty. You know, there's people like that because they know, they're good looking and they know they're good looking. I don't have any temptation in that area. <laughs> but how you know, uh, listen, you know, how many, all that's going to change. Right? And so, you know, it's, it, it, anything we have that's good, it came from God. Amen. It came from God. The Bible says the very food we eat came from God. And you got to be thankful. Amen? Amen? Got to stay thankful, right? So, so uh, you know, I remember the devil said, I will, I'll exalt my throne, I'll do this, I'll do that. And how many know, I will, I will, I will, I will. How many I gets in the way, doesn't it? You need to remember what I was like before you met the Lord. Can you agree with this? about your life, I was a mess before I met Jesus Christ. A mess going somewhere to happen. And some of my friends that are still alive, they're a mess. 
They're a mess. Some of the old friends before I got saved that are still alive, they're a mess. Because I didn't get straightened out until Jesus came into my life. Glory be to God. Amen. I look back at some of the things I did, and I think, how could you be so stupid? How could you be that dumb? I look at it and say, I wouldn't ever do that today. Well, I, I would if I, was just, if I didn't have Jesus. I'd still be just as dumb as I was. Amen. So he, he helps us, doesn't he? Amen. So, so let's, let's talk about this this morning. Let's go. I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Go there. And there's about maybe three scriptures that we'll look at today. Uh, we'll just see. But let's go to 1 Peter because I want to talk about how when we humble ourselves, we get, we get help. We get help. Uh, the Lord is able to help us. I mean, we, how many know he's always right, isn't he? His word's always right. And anything he tells us to do in this book, he tells us to do it for our good. Did you know just the command to praise God is for our good? Did you know one of the, when you dig into the Hebrew root words of some things, and you find out the word praise literally means to strengthen yourself inwardly. This, Jesus even let us, gave us that revelation. You know, in Psalm 2, it says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength, that you might steal and stop the enemy and the avenger. When Jesus quoted that verse in Matthew, he said, Out of the mouth of babes hast, thou hast perfected praise. Where the psalmist said strength, ordained strength, Jesus said perfected praise. It's not that he changed that verse. He just gave us the meaning of that word praise. It means to strengthen inwardly. So when God has us praising him, he's just strengthening us on the inside. We're just being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He is so good. When he has us to tithe, it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. Yes, we, like Dustin said this morning, uh, we honor the Lord. But the good thing about and I've always been amazed by this, that the, the Bible says the tithe, it doesn't say it's going to be the Lord's. It doesn't say it belongs to the Lord when you give it. It says it's His already. Whether you give it or not, it's His. That's why you can rob Him, by not giving Him what's His. And I've always been amazed that God will... Ask us to give back to him what's already his and then bless us for giving it back. Amen. You know, uh, I found a billfold one time and it had hundreds of dollars in it. Hundreds of dollars. I, I, I didn't count it all, but there were a lot of hundred dollar bills in there. Now, of course, you know, the world says, you know, hallelujah, lottery. They don't say hallelujah, but you know what I'm saying. And some Christians will say, thank God the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. <laughs> Come on. I mean, some Christians will say that. And, you know, and, and you know you, you don't, there's times I've found money. I, could, I don't know whose it was. I, could, I, couldn't, I wasn't going to give it to the store where I found it because they'd keep it. So, you know, I found, I was walking in a store one, uh, it was when Sears was still open here, and I think it was a $20 bill was laying on the threshold. Well, I looked around. I looked to see, is there anybody close by? You know, but I wasn't about to take and give it to an employee. They, I mean, they're going, <laughs> I mean, they're going to go, they're going to go have something to eat off that. So, you know, I just, you know, I, but I, but I found this billfold, and 
when I found it, you know, how many know there's driver's license in there too? And I got that back to that guy, and I remember that guy wanted to give me money. You know, for why? I just gave you back what you already owned. I, I didn't do anything magnanimous here. I gave you something you already had. But God's that way. We get we 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 find these billfold. We give it back to him. He says, "Here's some money," because he says he'll bless us for tithing. That is that's something else. Amen. So everything God tells us to do, it's for it's for our benefit. So when we read things in the Word. Don't take it as a drudgery. The Bible says His commandments aren't burdensome. They're for our benefit. They're for our blessing. Amen. People think you're legalistic, you know, and you're just religiosity about, you have this religiosity about you. No, we just want to live in the blessing. Amen. We want to live in the fullness that God has for us. And His commandments bring blessing into our life. His instructions bring blessing into our life. Man, my life wasn't blessed until I started doing what God said to do. When he said, stop worrying, that was a great, that was a great blessing in my life. Amen? Yeah. Cast your care over on me. Well, how I many know if we're humble, we'll do that. If not, we'll carry it ourselves because we think we can handle it better than God can. Hey, I have a revelation for you. You can't. All right, 1 Peter chapter 5, have you found that? Verse number 5 says, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now, why would that be? Anybody got, anybody got any clue why the younger people should submit to the elder people? Because elder people should have more wisdom, right? Just through living life, amen. You know, I've told you the thing about Mark Twain. This is what Mark Twain said. It's not word for word, but he said when he was 14, his old, his, he called him his old man. He said he was so stupid, I could hardly stand to be around him. He said, when I turned 21, it's amazing how much he'd learned in seven years. How many know when you get out and have to live life on your own, pay your own bills, you realize, you know, dad made, was making some sense back then. Amen. And uh, then you live long enough, grandma makes sense. Amen. Amen. Come on, all you grandparents. Amen. So, likewise, verse 5, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. How many, how many, if you're clothed with humility, it's something you can, clothing's something you can see, right? You know, you can tell what people are doing sometimes by the clothes they wear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if you got, uh, um, you know, bi- sometimes these bike riders wear specific clothes, runners wear specific clothes. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you'd look at me, you wouldn't think I'm going to go out and dig a ditch. If you saw me, you think he's going to, you know, you think he's working in an office, he's a preacher. You know, something uh, because of the clothes. If I had my jammies on, you'd think I'm, he's going to Walmart. <laughs> Moving right along. I see some strange things at Walmart. I think, oh, brother, I hope these people are never in charge. <laughs> or if I, this is for people that follow politics. I, I don't know why this fascinates. Phyllis said, you're, 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 something about it. She said, you're fascinated by it or something. You can't get that out of your mind or something. You know, if I had my, my hoodie on and my gym shorts, I must be a U.S. senator. <laughs> I told Phyllis. Some of you don't know what that is, but some of you that follow politics, you know what I'm talking about. I told Phyllis, if I was in a clothing line, I could make a bunch of money. I'd make a matching hoodie, matching gym shorts, and put on their official attire of the U.S. Senate. People buy it like crazy. 
They'd be everywhere. Young kids would be wearing it, and I'd be a millionaire. Why don't I do it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But that I means your clothes is something you see, right? Yeah. So humility can be seen on you. Right? What does it mean? Well, I mean, it isn't all about you. You know, people think church is about them. It's not. It's about God. Well, they didn't do my favorite song today. Well, hang around. We'll get to it. Mark wants us to do, what's that one song? Mark wants us to do every service. What song? One Way Jesus. How How many glad Mark is not in charge of the praise and worship? We love Mark, and he should be in charge of things. But he'd do the same song every service, all service long. One Way Jesus, One Way Jesus, One Way Jesus. I like that song. How many like that song? But how many understand, and I'm teasing with Mark. He, you know, he just teases about that too. How many, we tease Mark because he does what? Yeah. We tease him because he first teased us. Right? Isn't that the Bible? Now. <laughs> oh, we love you, Mark. That, but how many understand clothing something? You can see, right? You can see it. It's on you. You, 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 you're, you're willing, you're willing to yield. Amen. You're willing to admit you could be wrong. You're willing to take correction. Amen. You're, you're, you're willing to let somebody else go first. Right? You're willing to let somebody else have the front seat. Sometimes my grandkids ride with me. They'll shotgun. They claim shotgun. You know, like it's a big deal. You know, riding in the front. You know, I mean, you know, I'm, we're never going to hit anything, but if you hit something, that's, you usually run into it front-wise, not back-wise. <laughs> hey, man, it's like one guy said one time, he said, I was riding the back of the plane. You've never seen a plane back into a mountain. <laughs> no, I haven't. Any plane I'm on is not going to hit any mountain. Now, notice this, verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. See, if this is rubbing you the wrong way, you've got a pride problem. I'll tell you that right now. You need to adjust. But it got quiet on that. <laughs> Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists. Y'all listen now. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. The word resist means to oppose. Listen, do you want God opposing you? Or do you want Him giving to you? How many know He gives to the humble, but He opposes the proud? Well, I know the Bible says that, but I just don't want to do that. Well, that's pride. That's a pride problem. Well, I know pastor preached that, you know, but I'm just going to do it my way. Well, that's a pride problem. If I preach to you the Word of God, amen. You know, people, people need to just understand that if God loves you, how many know He's going to correct you? He's going to help you. Because we all need direction change, course changes from time to time. You know, if you're flying an airplane, you get off just a little bit. Well, you know, if you're going very far, you're going to be way off. Amen. I mean, if you're heading towards Dallas and you start seeing signs, you know, that says Indianapolis, 20 miles, you know, you, got, you need to correct your course. And if somebody says something to you, well, that, don't tell me what to do. Mark told us one time about a guy that somebody said to him, said, have a good day. He said, don't tell me what to do. 
I never have forgot that. Oh, that was hilarious. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are believers like that. You can't tell them anything. Don't tell me what to do. Only the Lord tells me what to do. That is a sure proof sign you don't listen to him. Because if you listen to him, he said, submit yourselves to one another. Yeah. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you. That watch out for your soul. Amen. Now, notice this, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. How many know God wants you exalted? But he just wants to do it. You understand? He's the one that wants to do it. Let him do it. Amen. Let him do it. Don't you do it. You know, uh, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 23, 12. He said, whoever, uh, well, let me read it to you. You don't have to go there, but I want to read it to you just so we get it right. I could quote it, but I can't right now for some reason. Uh, but anyway, he said this in Matthew, um, let me find it. He said, whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or brought down. And he that humbles himself shall be exalted. So in other words, it, on God's elevator, if you want to go up, you push the down button. And you'll go up. It's just opposite. See, the world's always trying to claw their way to the top. On God's, God's economy, His elevator, you push the down button, go down and serve, and God will take you up. Amen. He just doesn't want you taking yourself up. He'll let Him take you up. Amen. How many know if He takes you up, you're up? How many know Jesus pushed the down button? Now, I want you to think about how, how far down He went. I mean, he, <laughs> He's the Word, right? And He came and became a servant and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, which was the worst type of death. He humbled himself. How I many you know when he's out on, walking those dusty trails in Galilee, you, you look up and see those stars, the, the sky filled with massive stars. How I many you know sometimes he's sleeping out under those stars with his disciples, and he's the one that made them. I don't think sometimes it dawns us how far he humbled himself. Became obedient to that. We're talking about the, the God of the universe. Amen. Put on a man's body and allowed men to, to mistreat him. And he made them. He made them. But the Bible says because of that, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that's above every other name. Hallelujah. And every knee's going to bow. Y'all listen now? Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All the atheists, all the God-haters, they're all going to bow their knee and say Jesus is Lord. I'd rather do it now. Hallelujah. I'd rather do it right now and live in his lordship right now because when he's reigning, man, in your life, it's sweet, it's good. Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, he humbled himself. You know, <laughs> the Bible tells us that Moses was the meekest man in all of the earth. I mean, God said that about him. Now, <laughs> I mean, no, he wrote that. It's in the book of Numbers. I mean, no, he wrote the book of Numbers. So he had to write in here, I'm the meekest man in all the earth. 
Well, God said I was, so I guess I am. I've noticed this about people that God greatly blesses and greatly uses. They're humble. They're meek. I've heard preachers that I never knew him. I'd been in meetings where he was at, but I never, never had the opportunity to meet him. But some people I know did uh, meet Oral Roberts. And one of the things they, because how many think God used him a little bit? Maybe quite a bit. I mean, last I checked, he's got a university with his name on it, right? No telling how many people were healed and saved in his meetings. I mean, you know, I know the world, you know, they picked on him, but they didn't have a clue what they were talking about. But one of the things that some of the men and women of God that I know that knew Brother Roberts, that actually got to be around him, some even go to his house, said this about him. He was always learning. He would sometimes ask them, tell me what you know. Teach me what you know. You're thinking, oh, Roberts, you want me to teach you? I mean, the guy who invented something good is going to happen to you. Are you kidding me? But they would say, no. He would want you to tell me what you know. Teach me what you know. Tell me what you know about that. Yeah. One guy said he preached his sermon. Brother Roberts had a famous sermon called The Fourth Man, where he'd talk about Jesus being every book of the Bible, bring it out, how Jesus was in every book of the Bible. And he preached this thing called The Fourth Man. And this guy said, I preached that message, and then after I preached it, he called, oh, Roberts called me and said, you need to come to my office and see me. He thought, I'm in trouble. I preached this message, and now he's mad at me. But he said when he got to his office, he said he told him, Brother Roberts told him something like, that's the best I've heard that preached. That's better than I preached, preached it. I want you to preach it here on the campus. Isn't that humility? Yeah. Amen. Right? You know, humble, humble people can admit there are people that can do things better than you can. Amen. You know, humble people can, can take that because the, if you're humble, God gives you grace. Right? And if you got grace, man, I'll tell you, grace is a good thing to have, isn't it? And grace, you know, you, you're, just, you're just secure in who you are in God. Amen. And, um, you know, now, let, 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 me, let me look at, uh, let me look at a, a few more things. Let's go to, uh, we got a little bit of time here. Let's go to James chapter 4. We're real close there. So go back to James, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> you know, Jesus told us if, if whoever becomes like a little child will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Isn't that something? You know, little children, they don't seem to have much pride about them, do they? Now, let me say this to you. I may have a bit, I'm, on, I'm here to say this while I'm thinking of it. A lot of, a lot of people in the past thought humility was putting yourself down. You know, the old Pentecost, you say, I'm just a worm. I've heard that. I'm just a worm, you know, and put himself down. You know, one, 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 one uh, Christian author said this one time many years ago. He's, he, he was an author many years ago. But he said this, and this was powerful. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Did you all get that? It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking, 
It's not, it's not, not thinking less. It's thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. You know that old Christian song? Lately all I've got is me on my mind. I'm all I think about most of the time. Or I am so beautiful to me. Can't you see? Or how about that one? We do this one occasionally. It's a good song. I exalt me. I exalt me. How many know that's not the way it's supposed to be? Amen. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to think of others higher than ourselves. That's, that's what the Bible says. Well, praise God. This one won't sell, I can tell you that. But it's a good message anyway. It is a good message. Now, here's one of the reasons why. Because in James chapter 4, look at this in verse uh, chapter, or chapter 4, verse uh, 6. It says, but he, I be God, gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He, he resists, he opposes the proud. The psalmist said, the Lord knows the proud afar off. And someone said, that's where he keeps them, afar off. And so, but notice this. Now, in the next verse, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, see, your humility has something to do with the devil fleeing from you. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I need the devil fleed. Pardon my English, but I need him fleed. But humility has something to do with it. Am, am I submitting to God? See, authority works that way. If you're not submitting, how many authority doesn't work for you? We've, we've talked about this before with the centurion in Matthew chapter uh, 8 where he said, I'm a man under authority, see. Remember, I preached a whole message on that on a Wednesday night. A man under authority. Well, it, it has something to do with the devil operating in your life. If you're a humble person, you get more grace. You get more grace, no devil operates. Gosh, I thought you'd all get excited about that. You'd all look at me like, oh, it's time for lunch. I mean, that's a good thing. See, remember the Old Testament story? There was a, there was a, he was called the captain of the host of Syria. His name was Naaman. And the Bible said he was a great man. I mean, he was a high military leader in Syria. He was rubbed shoulders with the king. And he, but the only, and, and the, the Bible said the only thing was he was a leper. He had leprosy. And so a little maiden from Israel told his wife, said, well, there's a prophet in Israel who could recover him of his leprosy. And so when he heard that, he, sent, he told the king of Syria, who told the king of Israel, I'm sending this man to you to recover of his leprosy. Well, the king of Israel said, well, who does he think I am, God? You know, but then Elijah heard it. Uh, uh, and he said, uh, Elisha heard it, and he said, send him to me. See, that's what, that's what the Lamed was talking about. Elisha, the prophet, could, could recover him of his leprosy. So he, I mean, he, came, he came to see Elisha with all of his entourage. I mean, he didn't come by himself. Come on. He didn't take a cab. He came there in royalty with all of his men around him. And he, he goes to Elisha's house. 
And Elisha wouldn't even go out and see him. Elisha said, send a messenger out. <laughs> come on, this is like kind of like the President of the United States come to your house, want something from you, and you won't even go out the door. He wouldn't even go out the door. I, mean, I think Elisha knew he had a pride problem that he needed to get rid of. And so he sends a messenger to Nahum and says, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh will come to you like new. And when he heard that, he said, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. The prophetess Alice Cramden once told her husband Ralph, don't think, Ralph, you're only going to get into trouble. <laughs> he said, I thought surely he'd come out here and wave his hand over me, call upon his God, and recover me of the leprosy. What did he want? He wanted to come out and make a big show over him. And he said, go dip in the river, jump in the lake. And Naaman said, there's better rivers in, in Syria than there are here in Egypt or in Israel. He said, why can't I go? Why can't I? There he said, that's pride. Why can't I do it my way? My way's better. God's way's right. He said, why can't I go to those rivers? And, he, and the Bible said he went away in a rage, and he still got his leprosy. Thank God for good servants. His servant said, wait a minute, my master. He said, if he'd have asked you to do a big thing, wouldn't you have done it? That's what he wanted. He wanted to pay for it. He wanted big time. He said, how much more if he asked you to just go jump in the lake? That's a paraphrase. And so he went back. He dipped himself seven times in the river, and he came out. He was totally healed. And guess what? His attitude totally changed. He went back to, he went back to Elijah's house and said, now I know there's no God in all the earth but in Israel. Take a blessing from me. Let me give you something. And see, he still see. I believe Elisha still knew. He still got a little pride there. No, I'm not taking anything from you. No, you're not paying for this. This was God Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. So if God tells us to do something, you know, even though you know, well, that man, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, there's people that God has told take take a lap, go run. Oh, I wouldn't do that. That might embarrass me. Uh, you're doing the same thing Naaman did. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. I've had the Lord, and there's times I obey, but there's, I can't tell you I've been 100% obedient. Other times I've been praising and worship, I just feel this, just, just do a little jig. Well, I'm a dignified pastor here. No, it's called pride. Well, I just, I'm just too self-conscious to do that. It's called pride. It's about you. <laughs> I told you that you might, you better wear your thick skin today. I'm talking about all of us. I'm not, I'm preaching, I'm not just preaching to you. I, 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 when you go read that, sometime look that up, 50 Fruits of Pride. If you don't need any adjustments, then I'm telling you, you're a hopeless case. <laughs> because you're going to find things on there and you're going to find, I need to adjust that. Amen. Well, I'm totally fixed, Pastor. Don't you know that? No, I don't. God doesn't either. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, 
It is really getting quiet. I don't know. Maybe I should stop. But anyway, I want to look at one last scripture. Isaiah 57. We'll close here. But listen, 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 listen. This is real vital to our life if we're going to walk in God's best. You can go your own way. You can do your, do your own thing. God still loves you, but you're not going to walk in the fullness of what he has for you. Isaiah 57, we'll close here. Isaiah 57. Thank God for his word. Amen. Look with me at, uh, let's just, let's read verse, uh, verse 15. The Bible says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabit, inhabits eternity. I wonder who that would be. Anybody got any clue? Oh, that must be about me. No, how I many that's about God, right? Whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him. Also, that is of a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble to re- and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So God is inviting us to dwell up there with him. But he says the only one that's going to get up here is the ones that are humble. Amen. Once again, how many of you are going to go up on God's elevator? Push the down button. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, how many, let me start out with, how many know what an elevator is? <clears throat> okay. How many ever been in an elevator? <clears throat> how many ever pushed the buttons? You want to go up, you push the up button, right? But in God's elevator, you push the down button. <clears throat> Amen. Now listen, what did Jesus tell us? Well, I don't know. What did he tell us, Pastor? He said, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. You have to realize that. Amen. You know, I like, I like what Paul said. You can close your Bibles, but I like what Paul said. Paul said, uh, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Now, he didn't say don't think highly of yourself. He said don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think soberly according as God hath given to every man the measure of faith. What, what was he saying by that? He was simply saying, well, everything you have that's good, like I've already said, God gave it to you. So don't think, I've got this great gifting. I've got this great, nobody has the gifting I have. No, God gave you whatever you have. Hallelujah. And if, if you're blessed in some area of your life, whether it's financial, whatever it is, having a, you better give God thanks for it. I said, you better give God thanks for it. Every time we go to eat, we give God thanks. Amen. Why? Because I'm thankful for what I have. I know. Listen, I've never, obviously, you can tell by look at me, I haven't missed many meals. But I have been in places where they do, okay? And I have been in places where food is scarce. And it didn't hurt me because I was like a hibernating bear coming out of hibernation and went on the mission field, all right? So a few months isn't going to hurt me, you know, without food. Okay, right, because people say I'm starving. And I'm thinking, no, you got three or four months to go. You'll be all right. And so, <laughs> so, but I've been over there and I've been in places where I lost weight because I couldn't get food like I got here. I couldn't get 
those big meals. I couldn't get that. Amen. But I still, you know, so it makes you thankful. It makes you thankful for what you have. It does. I'm telling you, it does. You know, I, I'm just leave the country in name, but we go to a certain place where, uh, you know, I'll lose weight there. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Uh, maybe I need to go stay there for a few months. But, you know, I, 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 I lose weight. I'll lose weight there because it's just not, it's not there. It's, not, it's just not a, well, there's some food there, yes, but not like what we have here. Amen. And not the quantities we have here. And not the calories we have here. And so, you know, we'll stay there for a few days and preach to the native people. And, and um, you know, one time they gave us a chicken, you know, to, for a preaching, you know, and gave us this chicken. You know, well, you take the chicken, you know, I don't know what we're going to, you know. So we just take, well, I probably shouldn't say this, Pete will be all over me. But you you, you got to take the chicken, but you don't want the chicken flying over your vehicle. So you take his little legs and, t- and, and tie them together with duct tape so he can't go anywhere. You throw him in the back, and then you find somebody, you know, down the road to give the chicken to, because somebody can really use that chicken. And so, but I, I, we'll, we'll leave there, we'll leave there, and we'll drive, and finally we'll hit a place that's got a little bit of civilization, and we'll always stop at this one restaurant, because it's got uh, salted caramel milkshakes. And I always think, man, I'm back in Canaan's land. But, you know, it makes you thankful. Really, I, I'm closing with this. But all those young people and all those people, politicians, when I talk about young people, college students and all, and, and you know, they only say what they're being fed in their brain. All those professors and politicians that talk bad about how bad it is in our country, how oppressed we are, never been out of the country. I have a clue what you're talking about. I'll take them some places when we get back. To Evansville, they'll kiss everything. The carpet, the air conditioning, everything. The menu at the restaurant, they'll kiss it all. They'll be glad to be back. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.